Hi there, I'm Sheena and this is the Lesbian Review Podcast. This podcast is a spin-off of the popular review site thelesbianreview.com, where we review the best books, movies and music with leading lesbian, bi or queer women. The goal of this podcast is to bring you closer to the best queer media and give you access to interviews with people who are behind the scenes in creating it. I'm joined today by the fantastic and fabulous Tara Scott. Tara's here to talk about 10 reasons that romance is good for you. Hey Tara. Hello. So this podcast came about because, I don't know, was there an article or something? There was something that irritated me on some social media because people were ripping into romance as if it's like there's something wrong with reading romance. And I... I'm a f- yeah. firm believer that there's nothing wrong with reading romance. And so you and I whipped up these 10 reasons that they are wrong and we are right. It's true. And you'll commonly see around Valentine's Day every year some dude or some woman who usually reads literary fiction will stop to read between one and three romances and then they'll write their hot take think piece about how garbage romance is and I'm just I'm just tired of it so I've done and I've done podcasts before I think I did one with Lise McTague about the problem of people thinking that all lesbian fiction is romance because that is a that is a problem because not all lesbian is romance but at the same time I also adore romance I absolutely adore it I read a lot of it and I think that while we need to acknowledge in the lesbian space that there's more than romance I also love that we're taking some time to celebrate romance I agree with you we take for granted the fact that there is so much romance how lucky are we that there is so much romance now because we know from some of the older members in our community that it just wasn't there. And as the romance industry was building in the mainstream, it took a while for the, for the lesbian romance industry to build up to what it is now so that there's so much choice. If you want to read about any scenario, there's almost certainly something that you can read. Absolutely. And what I love particularly about romance is that you find it across all the other genres so romance is not it's not just contemporary romance you can find it in horror books you can find it in science fiction you can find it in you know you name it you'll find romance in that sector as well and so you can combine all your loves it's the best thing ever sure is all right so let's get started with 10 reasons to celebrate good romance okay so smart woman write these books They sure do. If you look at the bios of women that are writing romance, you have lawyers, social workers, professors, doctors. We have like coders from Silicon Valley. We have people from any profession. And I'm just naming from lesbian romance. I can name for all of those. But it's true in mainstream romance as well. Really brilliant women are writing these books. And guess what? Brilliant women are reading them too. Well, I know you read them. So there we go. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? Also you. Ah. Also all our readers and listeners. This is true. Now, this tags on very nicely to point number two, which is they are difficult to write and super competitive. This is the most competitive industry 
in fiction, all fiction, doesn't even matter if it's just lesbian fiction or, or not. The romance industry is the most competitive fiction industry in the world. I think people like to write their hot takes about them because they think, well, it's all just formulaic, so who cares? There is sort of a formula to the point that there is a happily ever after. There has, I mean, that's the requirement. If you're going to write a romance, there has to be a happily ever after. The setting can change. The types of characters can change. And if it's, say, a romantic suspense or like a romantic fantasy, then yeah, there are other conventions they have to follow. But like, really, it's just that happily ever after that's required. And for some reason, people think that that makes them formulaic and boring when actually it's really challenging because you have to write something that's believable that we're going to believe that these characters are going to want to spend the rest of their lives together and that the way that they get to that happy ending we we have to be with them on that journey we have to be rooting for them that's not easy to do over and over and over again so it's easy to bag on Nora Roberts because she puts out like four books a year but holy shit Nora Roberts is a powerhouse putting out books four books a year that people love and guess what we have a Nora Roberts in Lesvik we have Radcliffe she's putting out four books a year too with these believable characters that we get behind and we love you're so right about the formulaic stuff because to a degree you have to have some level of formula in a romance because the characters for example have to meet they can't fall in love unless they meet right and the meeting generally will be something memorable then if it's a dramatic romance down the line, there will be a falling out of some sort or a misunderstanding or something that drives them apart. But that drives the story. The trick, though, to all of this, and this is why it's so difficult to get right, is that the reader has to believe in the reason behind the fallout. Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? It can't just be this like, oh, they should talk to each other because then we just don't enjoy the romance that much. Yeah, And because there's just so much diversity and so much to choose from, readers of romance are extremely vocal. So we will just call you out straight up if you don't write a good romance. And your sales will tank. And this is why I would not want to be a contemporary romance author. Mm -mm. People like Melissa Braden, Radcliffe, Callmaker, Georgia Beers, Rachel Spangler, all of these guys... Hats off to you, hey? Absolutely. All right, so the next point, readers need to believe in love and forever. Okay, so it's romance, but there's a a hopefulness and a sense of something better can happen. Mm -hmm. And this is why we love romance so much. Having said that, though, Jove Bell just recently on Woman and Words said she likes romance because it's believable for her. Like, sure, she likes reading about zombie apocalypses and stuff, but she'll never experience one. Whereas romance, she can understand it. Oh, I love that. Well, what's wrong with celebrating love? Really, like it's something that most of us want. And even if it's something that you don't necessarily want for yourself, it can still be something beautiful to follow and experience, like through a book. And I'll just be straight up with you. I mean, that's the thing, right? I didn't... I didn't know how I would be able to find love until I read lesbian romance. And then it all clicked into place for me. And I was like, actually, I'm not some weirdo, pervert, 
stranger who's mm-hmm. going to stay, you know, loveless forever. So the next point is romances take you out of this world. That's true. So this is one that I am super passionate about because I think we can all agree, no matter where you are in the world, something sucks, whether it's in your personal life or whether it's something that you're seeing on the news. And the thing that I absolutely love about romances is how immersive they are and how they can just take you out of things. And that's why I actually really love fluffy romances. Again, some people love to bag on fluffy romances. It's like, if it's not angsty, what's the point? The point is that sometimes you just need a hug. And sometimes that hug comes from a book. So you can't take my fluffy romances away from me because I'm going to keep them for my really, really bad days and weeks because they are so good at letting me take a break from whatever it is that I just can't handle. Yeah, I totally get that. Having said that, though, give me the angsty stuff over the fluffy stuff any day. But having said that, there have been some very spectacular gentle romances. But by and large, the angstier, the better for me. I want to be in that space where I put the book down because it's just so much angst. I can't deal with it, but it's all just so delicious. See, I love the angsty books too. I guess what I'm just saying is that there's room for both. Absolutely. When I've heard people say, like, I just think it's sad that we even need to make the case for gentle romances when there's room for all of them. Oh, absolutely. There's even room for horror romances. Yes, I am happy that you have (laughs) horror romances that you can experience. (laughs) I I just think we should spread the love, Tara. (laughs) That's true. That's true. All right. Everybody, Sheena Sheena loves horror romances and she's not afraid to say it. (laughs) Hi, I'm Sheena and I love horror romances. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so this was also your point. They show positive examples of women going after their own pleasure. And that is such a good thing. So this is one of those I mean all of these kind of apply to all of these apply to mainstream romances as well. And but we're obviously this is a lesbian fiction podcast so we're kind of tying it to that but when I grew up I was only reading mainstream romance because I was stealing them from my mother or my friend's mothers you know that was in the 90s when romance was still a little problematic you would still end up with like women marrying their rapist which was creepy I'm and I'm talking about like historical romances because I tended to read a lot of historical romances and so When I started reading romance again, though, probably about eight years ago, I was surprised to see at how far the genre had come so that it really was about women saying, no, no, I get my orgasm too. I get my pleasure too. And I think that's really instructive and really helpful. And then when you go to lesbian romance, obviously it's even better because there is no centering on a dude's experience because there's no dude. So a lot of people are picking up romances and that's how they're learning about sex when they're preteens um, or, or teenagers. I mean, they probably know by then, but still like that's where they're getting some of their like seeing these interactions and, and it's a model for them to see what they should expect and what they should demand. And so that's why I think it's, 
wonderful to see these characters who are, you know, they're, they're good and they're generous and bad and they're expecting the same out of their partners as opposed to, you know, what I grew up with in the 90s where it is centered on the dude and his pleasure and whatever. And that's also where I think the one thing that we could do better in lesbian romance that hetero romance has come a long, long way is showing safer sex, whether it's having conversations about previous partners, having conversations about are you healthy, or including barriers in, in actual sexual situations. I know I know, authors are concerned that it would take people out of it or that it would not be sexy, but if all these other authors have figured out how to write condoms in, in hetero fiction, I believe that lesbian romance can do it too because you have all these baby queers who are reading these books and they are learning from them. Well, this is the thing, right? So when I was in school, we did sex education and I remember being so like disappointed because I was like, okay, but this doesn't apply to me. So what, can lesbians just not get AIDS? Do we get AIDS? Like what is the, you know, thing? And it took a lot of research, if you like, on my side to sort of figure that out out because it just isn't freely available no it's not and even even over here like it's it's depending on the province you're in in canada you either will or will not get queer inclusive sex ed for kids so i just think like this is just one of my soapboxes but i do think we i i do think we could do better and personally when when i see that conversation happening or a dam being used or condoms on dildos like I always celebrate because I think this book is going to help someone and even better when characters have conversations about their boundaries in the bedroom is also awesome because it's hard for people to learn how to negotiate that if they haven't had those examples Megan O'Brien does a fabulous job with that in her books like explicit consent, like she's shown time and time again that explicit consent can be really sexy. It's not just about the consent though. It's also about the the psychology behind being able to have that conversation. So it normalizes having that conversation. Yes. Because you don't feel weird about yes. doing it. You don't feel like there's something abnormal with you because you want to have this conversation. Yes, I agree with you. I think that's mm -hmm. important. But we kind of strayed a little bit here. Um, so we're going back to we're going back to our next point. We did. Okay. Soapbox over. <laughs> You're listening to the Lesbian Talk Show. The lesbiantalkshow.com, your hub of podcast information. So Tara's next point is, and I can tell you it's Tara's point because of the language she uses, Tara. Listen, you asked me to do this when I was just waking up. That was when we were pulling this list together. So there will always be more swears. Romance authors do their fucking research so we can learn a lot depending on who the characters are, where they live, where they work, etc. Well, they do. They do their fucking research. They do. <laughs> well, if you look, for example, Rachel Spangler and her book, Edge of Glory, she did so much research into what it's like for Olympic athletes and specifically skiers and snowboarders and the training they have to do 
and basically everything that goes into being an Olympic athlete. And so I learned a lot, but at the same time, I admire that she delivered that information in a way that I didn't feel like I was reading like a journal article or something on like, these are the things you have to do. And that's just one, like there's so, there, there's so many, whether it's profession-based, whether it's authors writing about somewhere that they don't live. So they're like either going on trips to go experience that place or they're living on Google Maps so that they can learn more about exactly where things are. Or time periods. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Heather Rose Jones. As much as her books are fantasy, they are so steeped in the history so that you get that true sense of it being the time of the English Regency, even if it's in a fake country. Well, look at what Sarah Waters does in her novels in terms of just the period, like just the, the living there. Kira Michelle Telford, similarly, huge amounts of research into just like what it's like to live in that time. Um, and The Covert Captain, which we just recently were raving about. I mean, that's a beautiful book. Janelle M. Ferreira, I mean, also, you can tell there was a lot of research into that one. Absolutely. So, yes, this ties back into the whole thing of the authors being smart women in a very competitive market. It's a smart move to do this research because you give your book that edge. Mm-hmm. So the next point is, there are so many different types of romance that there's something for everyone. This is absolutely true. You can find the romance that suits you. And then you can probably find another one too. It's true because there are a ton of contemporary romances. And then even within that, you can find the theme that you love. Are you into fake relationships? There's a bunch of them. Are you into small town romances? There's a bunch of those. Friends to lovers or enemies to lovers. But if you want to get outside of contemporary, there are still, there are historical romances. There's romantic suspense. Oh my God, Carson Tate... And her romantic suspenses are so freaking good. If you haven't read Carson Tate, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but go read them and start with It Should Be a Crime. If you like paranormal romances, you want your vampires, you want your werewolves, you want your ghosts, whatever. We have those too. There's sci-fi romances. Gunbrook, Missouri Vaughn, writing a bunch of those that are great. Fantasy romances. It's all, it's all there. Absolutely. Then you can pair historic romances with, you know, friends to lovers or that kind of thing. So you can get quite specific, uh, even in lesbian fiction. And that's very exciting. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. I mean, we just did a podcast, and I'll link to this in the show notes, but we just did a podcast on women dressing as men. It's true. And the, the favorites, uh, my favorites in, and your favorites in that trope. And a lot of those were historical, uh, you know, settings. And even then, there were different historical settings because some were the English Regency, some were Westerns, and there was even one that took place in the early 20th century in Argentina. True. Okay, so that's, that's an excellent point. Well done, Tara. Thank you. <laughs> Our seventh point is it gives you two-sided perspective on romance. So rather than the one-sided view we have on life. Because very often what will happen is the author will write from both sides. And they do this because it allows the reader to feel compassion for both characters. And then when there's a breakup or whatever it is, it's not a case of, oh, well, I didn't actually like that character anyway, so you're better off without them. It's true. Because of that, it trains you to be able to see both sides of the story. 
Romance saves lives, people. (laughs) (laughs) And relationships. That's interesting because I even think when we read a romance that only that we're only following one of the characters and their perspective, we're usually still able to get enough of the other character that like maybe it's not the same as being in their head, but we're usually still able to feel for them and feel for their their side of things and what they're going through and what they're feeling. So yes, I think you're right. It is. It see, it's an empathy builder. Romance builds empathy. Totally. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, you have a fight with your spouse and you're like, you know, that's like that Radcliffe book. And actually, we should just go make up already. That's true. There is a Radcliffe book for every occasion. So it doesn't actually ma- matter what your fight was about. There will be a Radcliffe <laughs> book you can point to. Our ninth point is romance is the pop music of the literature world. Okay, so pop music stands for popular music. And it is the biggest selling music, or it was at one point. I don't actually cannot give you accurate stats right now but it's it's called pop music because it is such a big seller because it's just there's something that resonates in it for most people romance is the pop music equivalent of literature and unfortunately what happens in this particular space is you're going to get a lot of people who try to criticize it bring it down say it's just for the masses it's not intelligent i have to believe though that crowd appeal doesn't mean it's any less brilliant no well that's it i mean i think people love to bag on things that other people love because it's super cool to be like well sure all of you love that but i'm it's it's like the people who like to just bag on star wars lots of people love star wars why can't people just love what they love you don't have to be a dick about it And I mean, if it's not for you, you know what, that's totally fair point, because not every genre is going to be for every person. But at the same time, there is something to it. There is a reason why these books sell so well. Are they going to stand up forever and ever? I don't know. Not every single book will. But at the same time, if they're bringing people joy, that's a really good, that's a really good thing. And I think that that's why they're so popular. You just nailed it. They bring people joy. Yeah. The rest of my rant leads into our last point. And our last point is, I guess I'll read it because I'm on a semi-roll. Romances support the book industry. And actually, romances are what keep the lights on for publishers and for other authors. And that's definitely, like, that is true in Lesfic as well. It's romances and romance authors that are funding the other books that may not sell quite as well. And that's why we get to experience so much diversity and why we get to have so many other wonderful books that I don't know that we would get to have otherwise. So really, I mean, we should all be grateful and thankful that we have this thriving industry and these passionate readers who will buy book after book after book supporting the publishers that we love so that they can support these other incredibly worthy books that they might not be able to afford to otherwise absolutely i feel like my in conclusion is just like why why do we gotta hate on romance why why do we gotta be cynical dicks why can't we all just be happy love what you love you just took the words right out of my mouth there i think 
we should just love love and romance is exactly that so happiness i think that's it for this episode i'm sheena we did it we did it i've been joined by tara <laughs> you can email tara on tara at the lesbianreview.com and she likes it when you email her so go forth and do that tell her all your reasons for loving romance and why it's an important addition to literature if you enjoyed this podcast, then come and find us on Facebook at the Lesbian Talk Show chat group. We talk about all sorts of fun things. On Fridays, I do polls where you get to pick like what podcaster you would want to be with in a zombie apocalypse. Just like a heads up, you're not going to want to pick me because <laughs> I'm not going to make it in a zombie apocalypse. I, I don't even think you were an option. It's probably actually, for the best. Tara, sorry. They um, would die. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would pick Jove. That's who I would want to be with in a zombie apocalypse because she sounds like she's armed to the teeth. Yeah. It sounds like somebody you went around. Yeah, I think she has real survival skills. <laughs> I respect that. Me too. Jove, I'm coming to your place in the case of a zombie apocalypse if I can make it across the border. Podcasters, like, reunion during the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> you can support this show and get cool things like extra podcasts, behind-the-scenes peaks early access and just like a range of other cool things if you become a patron the link to that is patreon.com slash the lesbian talk show or you can find it in the show notes i think that's it for today bye bye oh my god tara i left radcliffe off of that list that's okay she's been she's see this is like the what second or third time that we've mentioned her i compared her to nora roberts but she's got one of my favorite women dressing as men. Oh, that list. Why did I miss oh. it? Yes. We're very sorry, Radcliffe. We're very sorry. I haven't read that book. I'm sorry, pal.